light today, well, with the tractor show in town. So if you're in the area, you must be in the area because this isn't a very powerful radio station. Come on down to the ballpark. Bring the kiddies, why don't you? This is our daughter, Dottie. This is our other daughter, Dottie's sister. She just had you and fought a dog. You come? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Well, there's no crying in baseball, but there's going to be a lot of crying on this podcast. I promise you that. It is another special entry into our Big Movies series where we're celebrating the anniversaries of Big Movies and uh, that are hitting milestone anniversaries every year. And last time we did The Godfather... And this time, as you can probably guess, it is one of the greatest baseball movies of all time. Tom Berenger in Major League. That's not that. No, that, we're not here for the Major League episode. No, no. All right. Well, joining me talking about the 1992 smash hit. A League of Their Own is from you, you know him. As the board and card and role-playing game rule master on House Rules. And you can often hear the sounds of his back and shoulders hurting by carrying Nerd Alert. He is Commander Scott. Um, well, I don't know about the last one, but yeah. thank you for the former. Hey, I, don't, I, I do not speak lies, so you know that's the truth. Anyway, um, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to hop off here real quick and go watch Major League if that's what we're doing. Yeah. We established this Major League episode. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a fly trying to jump in my wine. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you can't have that. Berenger and flies in wine. Yes. And also joining us in this episode, the authority in my, my eyes, my world, the authority on a league of their own. And I say that because if somebody uh, has a, has a, I, I don't want to, I, I, I almost, it feels like an insult calling it a cosplay because it is like a, like ridiculously accurate outfit also doesn't seem like the right word, but, and also like get up sounds to me. I have no other words. I need a thesaurus around here. I don't know. There's not a thesaurus. A uniform. <laughs> uniform. From the movie, which makes you the authority, the real, the real Commander Cox, which means you get this this time. Thank you. Thank you. We will beam in the real Commander Cox. Uh, So we are here to talk about 
a league of their own uh, from 1992, which makes this what the 30th 30th. Oh, my gosh. 30th. It it, uh, it actually uh, it, it it released July 1, 1992. Yeah, so much like always we're a little bit behind. Um but same month, so it's fine. Uh, same month, so it's all good. Uh a little background on Yeah, we're close. A little background on the movie. Uh estimated budget 40 million dollars for zero, so Pretty solid budget. Uh, opening weekend was thirteen million seven hundred thirty nine dollars. Thirteen million seven hundred thirty nine thousand four hundred and fifty six dollars. If I could speak English, to be exact, that was the domestic opening weekend with a total worldwide gross of one hundred seven million dollars, almost one hundred eight million dollars. So obviously, very successful. Uh, it made a little profit. It made just a little bit. Directed by, I'm going to get the, the writer also. I wanted to get both of them at the same time, and now I'm scrolling too slow. Uh, directed by Penny Marshall from Big and other movies that grossed $100 million faster than or before A League of Their Own, so my fact was wrong. Um but it does make it a factoid. Yes. Uh, I like how on the IMDb page it says, Writers, Kim Wilson's story, Kelly Candele story, and others. So there were... Yeah, some people added a, th- a the or a they in there somewhere, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. Um, consisting of some of the most uh, memorable and... Um, uh, iconic characters and lines and visuals um, from sports and baseball movies in general and the early 90s. For some reason, I always thought that, that A League of Their Own came out in the late 80s instead of the early 90s. But Yeah, it all kind of melds together those five years. It sure did yeah, for me. In the, <laughs> I, was, I was on a I think that time I was on my Coke bender. So all of that time just kind of runs together. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I was, I was eight, eight when this movie came me. out. Yeah. <laughs> eight year old me had some rough times. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say. Was, was oh man, we were just whew. dark. Early 90 benders when we were eight years old. Man. Yeah. Dark, dark <laughs> time in my life. That was 1992. So that was, um, uh, early 92, Sergeant Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer, and he was the World Wrestling Federation champion, and I just didn't know if Hulk Hogan was going to win the title back, so it took me to a dark place. So, However, did we survive? I think that was 91, but anyway, not important. Not important. Uh, so let's let's have a fun trip down memory lane, and let's recall the time when we first saw... A league of their own. And I'll not know if I remember that far back. I don't know. I saw a league of their own in theaters. What? <laughs> when you were eight? No, I wasn't eight. I was like fifteen. That's right. Actually, you... I would have been fourteen, going going on fifteen. Okay. Yeah. 
it had just, been a couple of months before my 15th birthday. I was just um, uh, trying to make you younger than you are. And probably the first time I saw it, I remember seeing it. It was probably on TV. So a rerun type deal. So, so did you notice any, um, uh, because it's a PG movie, but there are still some scenes that um, uh, probably got cut out for the TV edit. Um, not a, I imagine that there probably weren't a ton, though. But do you remember any, like, because th- there's some movies where it's like, you know, the, the TV cut of Ghostbusters or the TV cut of, like, Halloween, Jaws, like, some of these movies that, like, you watch them later on DVD or you watch them you know, on Blu-ray or, or something streaming service. And you're like, I don't remember. I remember that being different. Or you remember lines being different because they're TV edited. I don't know of anything offhand different from the TV cut, but I don't think I've seen the TV cut that much. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't I've know pr- if there's any difference between the, what we have the 25th anniversary yeah. DVD. Yeah. And then we just watched whatever streaming service mm-hmm. to refresh our memories. I don't recall any differences between the two specifically, but it's also been yeah. so long since I've watched it on TV. I, I, yeah. I think I think the only thing in the TV cut that would be different would possibly be some edits for time. Yeah. Yeah, because it is a fairly long. It's two hours and eight minutes, um, according to the official runtime. Uh, so yeah. it does not really conform to the TV two-hour block standard, uh, especially in that no. era that, that I'm they I'm pretty sure in the TV cut, the peeing scene is, is cut. I would probably. imagine probably so. I think that's gone. Or at least um, a bulk of it. Yeah. I think some of the montage, the montages are shortened. We don't see as much of those, like when they're just playing the season and stuff. Um. If I remember, once again, it's been a long time since I've seen the TV cut of this movie. I mean, how long has it been since we've got cable, too? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Amazon Prime, Fire Stick, etc. Not a sponsor, but you could Uh, be. (laughs) Well, but but even even between the streaming version and the the streaming version, the DVD version, the 25th anniversary Blu-ray version, and all those, I don't recall any noticeable differences because I don't think... I don't think there are any real alternate cuts to this film. Like Penny Marshall, you know, she she did a final cut of a movie and that was it. She never revisited it or anything. So uh just trying the twenty fifth anniversary for a minute. See what kind of extras are on there. She well, said I did watch a deleted deleted. scene on YouTube when I was doing some research before hopping on here. I saw the uh uh the deleted scene where uh Dottie and uh, Dugan kiss. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah. So uh, originally, like the powers that be wanted wanted them to kind of get together, you know. I can see it. Um, and uh, Jimmy Dugan is out uh, uh, hitting against the pitching machine, mm-hmm. and Dottie comes out, and you can tell he's he's been drinking a little bit, and they have kind of a blah 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 blah, blah and it, the scene ends with him just kissing her and. Of course, as soon as it happens, she gets all flustered and everything, and she goes. So she walks back into the uh, uh, the locker room, and she's all discombobulated. And um, that's when um, David Strathairn uh, 
the guy that's, that, that put together Lowenstein. Mm-hmm. Lowenstein walks in, and that's where they have their exchange where she wants to leave, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, I'll, I'll do a trade or something. But in that version, he said, is it is it Jimmy? It's Jimmy, isn't it? So I think, because Penny Marshall, uh, the way I read it, I think they shot it that way, and then Penny Marshall's like, I don't like that. And I so I think that entire the entire scene of the fight with Kit was reshot just to get that that trade conflict back in. Gotcha. Like they, they took out she took out the love interest because she didn't want to distract she didn't want it to be about them. She didn't want a love story between them. Because she didn't think it worked. She thought it distracted from from the, the rest of the story. So I think she's like, No, that's not working. Uh, and then they re-edited the stuff to take out the Jimmy thing, and then they put the kit fight in to give that scene context. You know, if they left that in, though, I think it would explain a lot more of why Dottie was so, I don't like this, it's just something I did, blah, 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 and it's only it, one season. And it, it, it would yeah. it would explain the length of the movie, why she was like that. It, it would explain a little bit more of her motivations, yeah. uh, because the scene in which they, they kiss the deleted scene. Um, that's one of the things that that he, that he addresses that leads up to the kiss. Is he basically confronts her, you know, because he, he's like he's like you love this, and she's like oh well, and he's like no stop it. Why do you hide from this? You love it. It gets into your blood. This is and then finally she opens up. And she's like yes, and she basically you get Dottie's whole motivation uh, and everything. So while I get that they didn't want a love story, I honestly think they could have left it in. Because there's really no love story. It was just a, a moment thing, a, a, something that happened in the moment. It's the love of the game. The love of the game, but That's it translated. The love interest. Yeah. yeah, and and I think she could have done just fine leaving that that deleted scene in. Minus the kiss, maybe. I don't know. I think the kiss was still would still be fine. Okay. I mean, you could have edited the kiss out. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd, I'd have to see it recut both ways. But I would like to see that in context with the rest of the movie. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. Sorry, uh, Chris. What were you saying? No, I like it. You brought us on for yeah. Pizza. No, that's that, that's exactly why I, I I brought you like that, that. I wanted you both to be on this episode because my knowledge and uh, familiarity with this movie is very very limited. Uh, so I feel like my role in this is going to be more of the facilitator of just progressing along and not being able to add as much content wise because yeah, as I told you before we started, I have seen this movie a total of two times. So you are the panel <laughs> moderator. He's the panel moderator. <laughs> ah, yes. And panel. Commander Cox in the real <laughs> Oh, just funny. Next question. Uh, so, um, and it, it's weird for me that I never, um, I never really got into it because I like baseball and baseball movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are several baseball movies that I consider some of my favorite movies uh, that I can rewatch over and over and over again. Um, you know, Major League, of course, Rookie of the Year. Um, Bull Durham is a fun yeah, watch. Um, so I like baseball. Uh, I like girls. So 
It's kind of a. That's not. What I, that's not what I've read on the bathroom walls. Well, you know, uh, it's oh, it's misspelled sorry. because Kelron probably wrote it, but. Um, so so you put those two together and it seems yeah. like it would be a movie right up my alley but for some reason I don't know why it just never like it's never one that I'm like I'm going to watch this movie and I'm going to get super into this movie and um so one of life's great mysteries there are several movies like that where like people will say later they're like I feel like you would really like that movie and I'm like either I watched it and I'm like eh or I watch them like it's well, good, but then like it stops when it's done, and I just go on to the next one. Well, so here's the thing: I don't believe that A League of Their Own really, truly is a quote-unquote baseball movie. Okay, it is at its heart; it's a character movie. Baseball is a secondary element in this movie all the way through. Because the primary element, the primary storyline that, you, that you're telling, the hero journey, the hero's journey uh, in this is the relationship between Dottie and Kit. Okay? And, like, if you look at a baseball movie, like Major League, okay, you know, you, you've got the whole them trying to win the city, the, 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 the season thing to prevent them. You know, they're like, you know what? You want us to finish dead last? Fine. We're going to win it all. And the baseball kind of comes front and center. Moneyball, one of my favorite ones. Oh, I love Moneyball. Uh, yeah, Moneyball is a great movie. But you don't see a lot of baseball in that. In fact, you see very little baseball, but it's about the behind the scenes. It's still about where every time they're on screen, they're talking about baseball. Okay? But in A League of Their Own, you see some montages of games and stuff, right? But all the baseball stuff does is to further the whole Dottie Kit relationship and the whole Dottie Kit uh, dynamic. Um, even coming down to, so if you look at uh, historically, um, so the, uh, the the character of Dottie Henson is, is sort of based off of uh, two different players from the actual league. And neither one of those are catchers. Okay? They are, uh, one's a first baseman and one is a pitcher, I believe. Um, so when you so when you take that, you take their inspiration, and you shift Dottie to the catcher role, and you put her younger sister Kit in the pitcher role, because all the all she's doing is she's setting up that 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 defining culminating moment, you know, when when Kit crashes into Dottie at the end, yeah. and Dottie drops the ball, um, and then Kit gets to be in the in the center. It, it's all about those characters. Been there, done that. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, none, yeah. None through that movie, does baseball ever take the the front seat? It is always providing more context for the for the for the character story than it is anything else. So what you're saying is, it's very much like how Christmas is a background setting for Die Hard, but Die Hard is not necessarily <laughs> a Christmas movie. Yeah, you you can say that. Although I will make, make argument. I will make the argument. A lot of people argument. will say it's a Christmas movie. It is. His wife's name is Holly. For God's sake, it's a, it's a Christmas movie. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, and once again, there are people that will argue with me that A League of Their Own is most definitely a baseball movie. Um, but 
Um, personally, I don't, I don't see it that way. Because as much as I love this movie, I'm also, I'm with Chris on this. Like, if I'm in the mood to watch a baseball movie, this is not first on my list. Yeah. You know? You know. So, just my two cents on why, Chris, you might not this you might not really really get into this movie that's no and it, it, it makes sense because uh you're right it is it is not like baseball is more uh, like the it, i i feel like baseball is as much of a like the 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 era setting backdrop more than anything else it's not really a plot device it's it's not really a like there's a lot of movies where like the the game of baseball is a, another character almost mm-hmm. and uh this this movie is not one of those where um you know it, it it's not necessarily important or mandatory to the story that they be playing baseball mm-hmm. if 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 that I makes think sense it takes the place of Baseball being the character is the whole feminist movement of that day and age. Yeah, that's okay. that's that's because all the yeah. all the guys are gone and off to war, and MLB is like, well, we don't have enough people to field teams. So then, Mister Harvey in the movie, um, who is actually Miss, who is um. Wrigley. Philip Wrigley, yeah. Yeah. In real life, was like, well, let's try this. And yeah. it's basically a PR stunt, well, I think. It, it was. Um, so, you know, if you look at the, the, the history of the, the formation of the league and everything, they, they also, honestly, all the, all the owners thought, you know, that, you know, Major League Baseball was going to get shut down because they couldn't field teams. And they thought people would forget about baseball because mm-hmm. of the war. So they wanted to keep baseball alive. And there were women baseball players all throughout the nation at this time. Now, keep in mind, in, in 1942, 1943, there really wasn't the major league, minor league system that we have today. Yeah. You had the majors, which was the teams, and they would play, and then you had local teams yeah. that that uh, would play all throughout different places. And um, yes, the majors would farm from them, but they weren't really, the, the sponsorship system didn't come to later. They weren't the farm system as it is today. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they weren't subsidized by Major League Baseball. Um, but when when they wanted to recruit women, so uh, women playing baseball at this time, they would play in either those like basketball shorts kind of things, you know, it's like a silk short that was like really tied around the leg at the bottom. Oh, yes. Uh, I know those shorts. In... I'm sorry? I said, oh, yes. I know those shorts. <laughs> I think they're called Gucci shorts nowadays. Gucci shorts? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I call them uh, casual Friday. Um, but I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, you, you sliding is just the way it is. And uh, the, 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 not, not feminist movement, but the, the women's movement, uh, the, the, the people she's represented, it's, it's represented in this movie by that, that lovely old bitty that's on the radio, you know, whenever they're doing the montages <laughs> and stuff. Women's baseball. Yeah, exactly. That lady. Um, it was seen that, that 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 if they did it, it was gonna you know uh, um, uh, uh, mas- masculinify. Is that the, is that a, is that a word? It's sure, a, it's a it word. Is now. It is now masculinify. But you know, 
the women that were playing it and stuff, and 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 uh, Philip Wrigley wanted from the start to to accentuate uh, the the femininity of his players that these these were indeed ladies and they were they were women and stuff, and so the gentleman that redesigned uh, or the the gentleman that designed um, uh, Wrigley Field as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Um, with the ivy and everything, uh, he's the person that that helped design the uniforms along with uh, Wrigley's wife. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, oh, so there was a female. There was a female okay. voice in the de- the designing of those uniforms. Okay. Uh, because they they wanted you know everything uh, to make sure that they knew these are women and that they're not they're not masculine. They're not trying to be men, and uh, uh, so that was a key factor going into it. Um, in fact, uh, I've got, I've got here, I've got pulled up, uh, they, they issued everybody now in, in the movie, they all go to charm school. Yeah. I don't know if in real life they were all sent to charm school or not, but, but they were basically given, uh, the charm school guide that was given to every, every lady. Um, and it, I'm, I'm not going to read it obviously, cause there's a lot, but they're given, they're given beauty routines, uh, <laughs> For a suggested beauty routines for after the game, which is like ten steps here, and number ten is check all cuts, abrasions, or minor injuries. What? Well, Jeez. For what? I don't know. Actually, it says if you if you suffer any skin abrasion or injury, or if you discern any aches, pains that do not appear to be normal, <laughs> report them at once. Hey, coach, <laughs> Co- coach, can you look at this bruise on my butt? Oh dear. I don't know. It itches quite a bit. I, I, I had to lay down in the outfield here. Oh, man. Oh, hell, it's bleeding shit. Oh, man. All I know is if I have a if I have a sports team or a league and I have someone like Rosie O'Donnell and uh, Madonna in there, I'm sending them to charm school. Well, you know, Rosie O'Donnell did well. She was eating the cookies. Two words. Marla Hooch. <laughs> oh, poor Marla. <laughs> Her in the charm school scene is hilarious. Especially when they're doing the they're doing the gracefully <laughs> and grand. <laughs> She's just arm up, arm down, arm up, arm down. Turtleneck, like what am I doing? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but that character. Speaking of Marla, uh, that character and that actress gets a raw deal in this movie. Okay, I don't like and I don't understand her storyline because her. I mean, well, actually, let me back that up. I love her storyline. You know, she comes out of her shell, she makes friends, she meets Nelson uh, uh, and everything, you know. Um, uh, like, like her story is a great story. She has a great character arc. But that character arc ends in Act 2 of the movie. Yeah. Like, at the end of Act 2, or toward the middle of Act 2, she exits the movie. Yeah. She's gone. She gets married and that's it, which I hate. Because it's like, I have a husband now, see you all later. I know she comes back, you know, she says, I'll see you next season, but you, you the kind of, the connotation that you get, whereas literally if they, if they had, if they'd taken the love story and just, just ran with that and had Marla all the way at the end and then had her getting married, like right after the, the, or coming back to play, I don't know. She should have been there at the end. That was one of the situations where if it was better defined in the movie as to why that happened, it would have been one thing. I'm assuming it's because just the day and age where it, I mean, it's the 1940s, it's World War II. 
women are meant to be married off and in the kitchen. So I assume that's kind of the the angle they were going for, but they didn't explain it very well. So yeah, it yeah. would have been nice. Would have been nice. Yeah, yeah that 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 would be one of my my least favorite uh, plot points in the movie. Yeah, is her exit from it because I, I love her story. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a great story. It's, it's just beautiful. It's just, eh, eh, eh. She's just Marla, gone. Marla, Marla, gone. Yeah, Marla, 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 and I'm gone. Okay, so in in your own head canon, then uh, knowing that that's that's the, do you think she comes back for the next season, or do you think she, she's done? I I think she in my in my head canon she comes back for the next season. I don't. There's nothing there that tells me she doesn't. Yeah. Um, okay. But it did. But Marla's thing does does lead me to one of my uh, um one of my one of my movie inconsistencies in this movie because there's there's quite a few there's there's some editing issues in this movie and they're very small they're very slight like if you're not paying attention to it you, you won't really catch them but you can tell their 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 continuity errors as a result of editing you know when she's putting them putting the movie together which happens in movies it's the way it works but when, when you when you cut to the end and they're they're at the baseball hall of fame right Mm-hmm. You know, so when when you when you flash back to the, the to the present to the quote unquote present, um, uh, uh, Dottie meets Marla, you know, and she's like, uh, she's like, how's she's like, uh, how's how's Nelson? And, and Marla's like, oh, he's good. Our son runs the business now, meaning her and Nelson stayed together. They had a kid. They they went into business for themselves, or at least Nelson did. And, the kid took over, and Nelson's now retired, and all that good stuff. So you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you go into the the museum, right? Yeah. And Marla walks up to the picture of John Lovitz with the older John Lovitz because he's got the cigar. They firmly established that this old gentleman here is is John Lovitz's character, right? Right. And she says, "Oh, look!" And she calls him by name. And she's like, "That's when you changed my life, honey." The line is, "You changed my life, honey." Why does she call him honey? Like I don't, I don't get the line. I don't, I don't get that. That just kills me. If it was a southern, more of a southern accent, I would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole southern, southern belle thing. Oh yeah. Like, oh, oh honey. Oh honey. Yeah. yeah. That's where you changed my life, but honey. She, but she's very midwestern. She's very midwestern. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the one of the small movie inconsistencies that doesn't doesn't play well with me. So. But uh, but in my mind, yeah, she comes back. Marla definitely comes back. Yeah, she does. yeah she's she's yeah. too good. She she loves she loves playing baseball too much. But, but then there's Dottie. Yeah, maybe she just loves being a a, a a homemaker housewife more. I don't know. I like to she's play that. She's just happy that she found a husband. There you <laughs> go. Some people. That's Daddy all it takes. Brought her up as a boy the entire time. She's that's like, true. Oh, I'm a girl now. Oh, a guy likes me. Oh my god! It's like a like a weird uh, Pinocchio thing. I'm a real girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. You uh, know how many times I have had the exact same thought? <laughs> the last one was at my sister's wedding. I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> well, <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, we get off topic. Uh, that's 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 the theme of every show on this. So now you guys, you're talking about um, 
you know, uh, things you notice, things you see, all that stuff. Um, things that either you notice by editing or by um, other stuff. And you have been teasing this conspiracy theory. <laughs> and that's the reaction that I got every time I brought it up that. Um, or let it stew a little bit more. <laughs> well, uh, I think we could. I think we can cover this. Okay. So there's a there's a theory while you guys were rewatching that you you let me know well, that there's a theory that you have that you really that that just was just cracking your shit up that. I, okay. I can't wait so, to hear what this is. So here, here's the evolution of this, and and, and I owe this 100 percent to to uh, my my lovely lovely significant other wife over here. She she came up with this. This is all her. We just kind of fleshed it out a little bit together, but yes. this is all her. All right. So at the end of the movie, when Dottie's husband, uh, Bill, I think his name is in the movie, right? Bob. His name is Bob, and that's right. That's right. His name is Bob in the movie, because um, that's how this started. Uh, when he shows back up, you know, he's he's in uniform and everything. It's Bill Pullman. That's yeah. that's where I got Bill from. Bill ah, Pullman yeah. plays Bob, Dottie's husband. So he shows back up, and and Nicole looks and she goes, "It's Bob," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, his name's Bob." You know, I, I wasn't getting it. No, it's Bob. <laughs> it's Bob. So we're gonna cut to Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Okay. So in Top Gun Maverick, there is uh, a pilot. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Top Gun Maverick. What? There's, there's a pilot in a Top pilot. Gun? What? There's, there's, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, spoiler alert, there are pilots in Top Gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even need to see the movie at all anymore now. <laughs> no, um, there's a, there, there's a, there's an officer. There's an aviator in, in Top Gun. He's not a pilot. He's actually a weapons officer whose call sign is Bob. Okay. Okay. His name is Bob. All right. And his call sign is Bob. All right. Creative. Bob All right. is played by um, Lewis Pullman. Oh. Who is the son of Bill Pullman. Okay. Okay. And so and so she's like she's like, hmm, I wonder if Bob from Top Gun Maverick is their son or something. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And so we started looking at it, okay? Pause the movie and yeah. research a yeah. good half so, hour. Yeah, so this went down a half-hour rabbit hole. Oh, I'm surprised it was only a half-hour because that's like when you pause, uh, like, the Friday the 13th movies to look at the medals on the wall. <laughs> they like, at a two, three hours at a time. So only a half-hour? That's impressive. Uh, half-hour of actual researching. The other half-hour was, like, us cackling around. Yeah. <laughs> So so here so so follow us down this follow us down this logic trail here. So this movie, oh I will. <laughs> so so this movie okay uh, a league of their own the modern day portion of this movie because you know it starts in modern day and then it flashes back right right to, to to the story okay so the modern day of this movie takes place in 1988 okay because because that's when the All American Girls Professional Baseball League in real life is inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. And since there's nothing in the movie that contradicts this year, we're, we're operating under the assumption that modern day in this movie takes place in 1988. That's okay? fair. That's a fair establishment. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, Dottie is leaving. Her daughter is trying to, to, to usher her out the door to, you know, take her to the train station and to get her to the reunion, right? Um, she has two grandchildren that are... Um, Play, playing basketball, mm -hmm. okay? 
Uh, the older one's name is Jeffrey. Jeffrey. The younger one's name is Bobby. Okay. She calls him Bobby. So we're assuming the younger grandchild is named after the mom's father, Bob. Okay. Makes okay. sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, Bob is there, Bobby is too young for this to work out. So we have to key off of Jeffrey. So in the assumption that Jeffrey, the older grandson, is 13 in 1988. Okay. Okay. Now, Lewis Pullman, the real person, is born in 1993. Okay? Okay. So, if the older grandson is 13 in 1998, that puts him five years later at about 17, 18 years old in 1993. Yeah. Okay? So, the older grandson and our now headcanon uh, of this... Or now head canon of this. The older grandson's kinda 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 messes up and gets his girlfriend, you know, at eighteen years old. He he and his girlfriend kinda get into some trouble and gets her pregnant, right? Yeah, hey, don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. That'll happen. Okay. Exactly. Well, he doesn't listen to that. She gets mm -mm. knocked up and it, it happens. But it's okay. It works out for them. You know, they they ultimately get together, they have the kid. Now he names this son Bob after his younger brother Bobby, who died tragically in a car accident five years earlier just after his mom and grandmother drove away. <laughs> so the accident, the accident in question that killed Bobby. Okay. Okay. So his grandmother before leaving told him, Hey, you know, it's your younger brother. Let him shoot, you know, yeah. which he listens to his grandmother. He lets him shoot, but Bobby misses the ball goes bouncing into the street. So they argue for a minute and he's like, I'm not going to get it. You shot the ball. You go get it. So he sends his little brother off to go get it. And his little brother gets hit by a car. So he now feels guilty as he so, should. You know, he caused the death of his little brother. Yeah. Which is why he names his son, Bob, who then goes on to become a weapons officer on an F-18 fighter uh, at fighter weapons school uh, in uh, actually a top gun graduate you know, coming back to do a special mission in 2022 uh, under Maverick's tutelage. So you're welcome. We just joined a league of their own and top gun in the same universe. Gosh. Okay. Now, now I'm going to need to go back because I, I don't think there's anything in the original top gun that would contradict any of that. That all makes sense. That all tracks. And it seems it stands to reason that there would be nothing in the original top gun that would contradict that. So I hereby uh, completely agree with this theory and is now uh, that is fact in my mind. Yeah. Cause uh, the original top gun, Bob wasn't even born. Right. Yet. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah there, there's no mention. I don't four. think so it yeah. takes place four years before league of their own. does. Yeah. Character. Yep. Yeah. To my knowledge. And, and like, like I said, we were, we were a good half hour, 45 minutes trying to make sure that there was nothing in either movie that would contradict what we were saying and also try to get the timelines to match up. My God, we did it. Well, yeah. I would say uh, that's a half hour well spent because that's a pretty solid airtight theory right there. <laughs> Poor Bobby. There might have been some bourbon involved, too. I, obviously just enough because that that theory was was baked to perfection because that's about that, that's yeah that, i i that timeline matches up pretty perfectly and yeah, uh, i you mean can, we think so yeah you can fill those gaps in enough to make that work so we need to put we, we need to start a like an official board that is the movies that have been connected 
in one way or another by like by people on shows on this network. Because uh, I, I agree, I think it would. Uh, I think it would definitely. We we definitely need to track all of it somehow uh, or another. Because I feel as though uh, there have been some solid connections across the years, and this one's up there because that's that's pretty solid uh, to connect both of those. Like, especially with the Pullman connection, that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like. That's the, like the, that. The, there's you know connecting it on the movie level, and then there's another level, which is what you yes, guys achieved on this. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, once again, you know, Bill Pullman you know, showed up, and and she's like, "Hey, it's Bob," and and I'm like, "Yeah, it's Bob," because that's his name in the <laughs> yeah like, in the movie. Yeah. And she's like, "No, no, no," and and then she brought up, you know, of course, his son plays Bob in Top Gun. It's, it's it's Bill Pullman's real son, Lewis Pullman, and we just started connecting and trying to work out. But unfortunately, in order for the the the, the theory to work, um, it, little Bobby had to die. Well, little Bobby had to die, and we had to promote teenage pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, you can't make an omelet that is that theory without breaking a few eggs and little kids. So <laughs> along the way, that's just going to happen. And for the greater good, obviously. Because yeah. the the hypothetical accidental killing of a fictional child is a, an easy price to pay for this theory. Well, it, it it sets up, uh, you know, it sets up the, the the whole guilt. You know that that's why he names his son after yeah. his younger brother is because he still feels guilty. You know, he I never, made him go out in the street. Exactly, he fall. never he never quite got over it and stuff. But that's uh, just normal sibling rivalry. Yeah, I, I mean, but you know, now now later on, of course, you know, because he still has he still has the guilt. Of course, eventually he's driven you know to alcoholism and stuff, and his wife divorces him. And wow, yeah, that's that's a whole other storyline. That though. rat bastard. Well, you know, oh. he's troubled, so we could have seen that coming. Yeah. Yeah, That's... which could also explain why Bob has so, you know, no personality to him at all, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because of the traumatic, you know, upbringing that he had with his alcoholic dad, you know, dad. and uh, But his dad also was like, <laughs> look, grandma's out. Is there a fire? Like, little rat bastard. <laughs> Shut your ass. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think we're writing, I, I think this is the League of Their Own sequel here, you know. Oh, the drunken you know, ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um uh somebody get uh the their own what? Somebody get the Marshall Estate <laughs> on the phone and get this in the works because I feel like this is begging to be made. The saga of Jeffrey Henson. Yes. Oh wait, wait, no, no, it wouldn't be Henson because because uh, Henson it, it, it's 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 her daughter, so she would have potentially remarried, they would yeah. have had a different one. Yeah. In fact, yeah, they do have a different one. That's right. They do have a different one because it's uh, it's Bob's last name in in Top Gun Maverick. Figure that one out now. Right? Yeah, yeah no, it's on IMDb. He's he's credited. He does have a, la- a last name. So uh, her husband that that's her last name. Yeah. So that would end up being that last name. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be that. So yeah. So it wouldn't be Jeffrey Henson. It would be Jeffrey whatever Bob's last name. Is. Yeah. Jeffrey whatever Bob's last name. Is. Yeah. Now that, that, that I can see that on a poster. Right now, 
<laughs> the ballad of Jeffrey, whatever last name. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever Jeffrey Bob's Boy. last name no, is. The movie. Whatever his last name is. Whatever his last name is. Yeah, that's, that just rolls off the tongue in a poster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, if we're going to talk uh, memorable stories and characters and uh, how they progress, there is, of course, one in particular very memorable character that we all determined deserved his own category, his own topic of conversation. His. His. Oh, his. Oh. Oh. <laughs> his. And it's it's uh, forever nice man outside of Hollywood, but maybe not so much inside in this movie. Uh, Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. Jimmy Dugan. Yep. That's uh, some being. <laughs> uh which was which was really funny in the behind the scenes like when they were filming that uh like nobody not even tom hanks knew when he was going to be done peeing yeah <laughs> um, well so apparently petty marshall was off screen with a hose and a bucket making the sound and he's like don't need it well and, and he's just he's just reacting so when she kind of lets it trickle and dry, dry off he thought and then He's like, oh, oh. He, has to, yeah, he has to go back into it. That counts. That counts. <laughs> that totally counts. Oh, God, I love Jimmy Dugan in this movie. And and honestly, I think, so this movie would not have been as good if it hadn't have been for Tom Hanks. Hanks. Hank. 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 How much wine have you had? Not enough. Tom okay. Hanks. Um, is if, if it hadn't been for Tom Hanks anchoring this the way oh, he does, yeah, yeah you know, all the rest of the cast is great. Yeah, yeah, but you know him centering it and making you know, well, let's go to the the iconic. There's no crying in baseball, oh, right? Best ever. Yeah, it's voted like one of the top fifty lines in cinema history. You know, it's right up there with "I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse." Yeah. See what I did there? I, I see. I see what you did there. I, I'm 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 surprised, honestly, that uh, uh, there's no crying in baseball. One out over. Has anyone ever told you that you look like a penis with a little hat on? Because um, I think <laughs> that should have been that should have been the iconic quote. That should have been the iconic quote to come out of that movie that lived on in pop culture forever. Um, well, the other, the other one doesn't roll off the tongue as well. I guess um, it just doesn't. It, it, the yeah. cadence is all wrong. Yeah. So, um, um, but apparently, apparently, like that that line, like there's no crying in baseball, like did not hit at all in the table reads. When the cast got together to do the table reads and go through it, yeah, they did it and people chuckled and stuff, but like it didn't hit. The reason that it became so iconic in the moment of on screen and and the in the moment of performance and stuff is is Tom Hanks. Because you get Tom Hanks in a table read, he's just reading. Yeah. You yeah. get Tom Hanks in costume on set, you know, with in direction character. in character the day of, it's a whole different ball game. Ah, no pun intended. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, I, 
Yeah, like that's that that's the thing is is that energy of being in the it, it's the same thing to a to a lesser extent. It's the same thing of like we can we can pass around notes about like, you know, what we want to talk about or like points that we want to hit on um for every show and for everything. But once once the red light starts and you're in the moment and you're going and there's that energy about it, it's totally different. And, you know, that's that magic that, you know, you can you can print something on the page and you can have it written and, you know, you know what 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 is going to be said, but it's Mm -hmm. how it's going to be said. It's the visuals that go along with it. It's that extra that can take something that that might be. Yeah, yeah, that might be like mundane or normal, just be a part of dialogue and have it become iconic have it stand the test of time that we're still talking about that 30 years later yeah uh i agree uh and i mean you know uh, jimmy dugan has has great moments and stuff all through this movie one of my favorites is 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 uh is ad-libbed uh uh but one of my favorites is is ad-libbed uh by by um uh, tom hanks and that's when all the, the his players are in church, you know, and they're praying oh, yeah. and stuff. And he <laughs> get them, you know. And he's like, he's like, he's like, come on, God knows we got a game today, girls. Trust me, it's not like any of this helps. And he ushers them out, right? Which he's supposed to do. Yeah, he ushers them out. But Tom Hanks, being Tom Hanks, in the moment, he turns back toward the uh, the the altar. He looks up. He gives the sign of the cross, and he points. <laughs> Would that be ad libbing or ad acting? I think it, the term is still ad libbing, but it is ad acting because there's no there's no actual yeah, but it's 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 in the moment yeah it's 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 there. It's just improv. Uh, the other one that I improv love is, in total. Is, uh, when he autographs the baseball, you know, and I I this is a Jimmy Dugan moment, but it's actually performed by the kid because the kid's the one that delivers the joke. Yeah, because he just. He just writes the he just signs the ball and then the kid looks at it. Wow! Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, that's good advice." Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, the one that, that he actually signed on the ball. Oh, I don't know. That um, I don't know. That would be incredible. Put that <laughs> you know shit in the Smithsonian. Tom Hanks actually wrote "Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan" on a baseball. Do you know how much worth? that would be worth? Oh yeah. my god! If I ever meet Tom Hanks, I'm going to have him sign "Avoid Avoid the Clap, Tom Hanks" like, <laughs> on whatever I have. Dugan. Just be like, can you just exactly. sign it? If we ever get yeah. yeah. Screw the picture. I'm giving yeah. you a baseball. Yeah, no, yeah. Just I, I, from now on, I'm going to just carry a baseball in my pocket for the rest of my life. On the off chance at some point, I'm going to run into Tom Hanks somewhere in my travels, and I can have him sign it. Avoid That's the clap, baseball, Jimmy. Are you just happy to see me? Uh, oh, it's can little, it be little. both? <laughs> um no like there's there's a line that he gives that uh i have uh, at this stage of my life uh for several projects that i've been involved in i've felt this exact way where he says uh and i had to get this exactly right because it speaks to my soul he says it was made very clear to me what i'm supposed to do here i smile <laughs> wave my little hat i did that so when do i, I get paid that. When do I get paid? So I'm like, yeah, yes. like I've I've felt that, like that 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 tickled my soul because I was like, yeah, I've been involved in shit where I'm like, I'm just toeing the line, trying to get to the end of the day. Give me my money, I'm out. Yep, yep, yeah. Well, uh, and another another thing with Jimmy Dugan because Jimmy Dugan actually does have a really good redemption arc, you know, in this, uh, like like Dottie. That's that's the whole thing. Dottie brings him back. You know, 
uh, and and everything. Why exactly why they chose to kill him off, you know, in, in at the end of the movie? Uh, as he was old. Well, yeah, but at the same time, and, and you get that great scene where she's looking at his Hall of Fame entry, you know, outside of the girls' thing because he's you know, uh, and, and she you see the 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 born and died, and you see the date, but. Uh, one good thing, one one thing that I I love, and and this is the magic of Tom Hanks when it comes to acting, is his ability to have a multifaceted character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in that same scene that you were talking about, uh, Chris, where you know he's like, it was made very clear to me what I'm supposed <laughs> to do here, blah, blah blah, you know, and and he's got that he's got that that cynical, gruff, uh, persona, right? Like, like all of it, like his lines at this point are cynical and he's fed up with it. He doesn't want to be here. You got that tired. Yeah. You got that thing, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, Lowenstein says to him, I particularly like that, that moment, you know, in the, the fifth inning where you scratched your balls for a half an hour. <laughs> and he's like, well, anything worth doing is worth doing right. You know? He's still got yeah. that cynical. And then he says to him, he's like, yeah, you know, Jimmy, uh, if we paid you a little more, could you be a little more vulgar or whatever? Yeah. And he completely switches his demeanor. He goes from that gruff cynical to now we're seeing, you know, now there's another person there. He's like, but, but, well, if, how much are we talking here? You yeah, know, he's, like, he switches. I could use like, the money. Die. You're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Jimmy Dugan is just great all the way through this movie. Very good character. And I love seeing Tom Hanks in a supporting actor role. Yeah, yes. that's he true. not the main character in this movie. No. I love his role in this movie. Yeah. I would also argue that Dottie is not really the main character of this movie. Who is? Kit. Because she's the character that takes the hero's journey. I can see that. We follow the hero's journey of Kit uh, in this movie. It gets my ass up. Be because, <laughs> because Dottie, Dottie doesn't really, Dottie comes out of this movie, the same character she goes into this movie. Yeah. Dottie has no real character arc. There's some internal conflict. Dottie doesn't get a character arc redemption until the end scene when her and Kit come back together. And make up. And make up. Okay. As far as the core story, the hero's journey, of this story is Kit. She comes out of it a different person than she goes in. But she's not in the forefront. She's not in the forefront. No, she's not. But in my opinion, she's the main character. She is the primary protagonist of this of this movie. Dottie is the antagonist of this movie. Okay, I can see that. So, anyway. Okay. Well, uh... On IMDb, it lists uh, under top build cast. It puts Tom Hanks first, which is interesting. Um, they, I know they edit those. They like, they, yeah, like, like they 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 change them up as um, like people. I think get more or less famous, which is the wrong way to put that, but like more most recognizable. Uh, yeah. Like like whoever was built was that whoever was top build in the actual movie might not be the first listed on IMDb because they like to shift that around. But it is interesting that, um, yeah, Tom Hanks is a very supporting character in this, but he is the top build on IMDb. He's top build. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the movie, if if you look at the movie, the fifth element, have you seen, you've seen the fifth element? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so if you look at the poster on that, uh, Luke Perry gets gets not top billing, but he gets top third billing. Like, he's one of the three actors listed yeah. on the poster. And he dies in the first 15 minutes of the movie. I love the way that you just said, he dies. He dies. He dies. Like, he dies. I just love the, the way that you... The poster for A League of Their Own is Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, and Madonna. Yeah, see, Madonna yeah, gets top billing. Or yeah, not, but she gets she gets poster billing. Yeah, this. and uh, third billing, I guess, is what she would get. And she's very much just a supporting character in this. Yeah, but she she's has, just... she has no character arc. Rosie O'Donnell has no character arc. They're they're all just they're they're tertiary characters. She just has that name recognition for a poster. That exactly like at that time it would be like if you're going through a theater and you see a poster with uh, Madonna on it, Madonica on it, you might be like, oh, I'll go see that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. I agree. I don't know, but um, yeah, I just I, I like watching how um, like years after a movie comes out, how IMDb lists people out because sometimes it's not always uh, completely accurate to their their level of contribution to the end product is the way that I'll say it. Yeah, yeah, because you have movies where. Uh, like the the big star is supposed to be a secondary character, and mm -hmm. they end up completely overshadowing th who actually is the main character. Um, yep. A classic example of that, an example that I give, is that Johnny Depp Lone Ranger movie. Oh yeah, yep. where he's 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 hired on as the sidekick, and he completely <laughs> overshadows. Uh, everybody else in that movie and it becomes why didn't you just reverse the roles and make him never mind um but yeah it's um, well I'm, I'm, I'm sorry no 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 you're good you're good go ahead uh, an, another example of that classic is uh caddyshack yes no. uh, yeah because i mean you know uh i forget what is i forget the actor's name but the actor that played the the the, the, the lead role caddy in that like it was supposed to be his Bill movie. murray no, no, no. no. Oh, Sit okay. down, no, Danny. No, no, not, not him. Not him. Sit down, uh, Danny. He plays Danny Noonan. Um, joke, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, but the caddy that, that, that's in that, uh, like, once they got on set and they started, like, it was supposed to be his movie. Yeah. He's supposed to be the main character, but then they got, but then you get, but you surround him. You got this unknown actor, and I don't mean to get onto Caddyshack, but you surround him with, with Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, uh, Ted Knight, and Rodney Dangerfield. Like you put this unknown bland yeah. character in the middle of like this this huge comedy foursome. I beg your pardon, sir. Michael O'Keefe is not bland. He the world, was at the time. The world needs ditch diggers too. He has been in such classic classic films yeah. as Michael Clayton and something called Keith and something called Keith. A movie called Manhunt um, and. Uh, uh, Sneaky Pete, an episode of Sneaky Pete. So, yeah, you're calling him bland. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, he gets completely overshadowed. He is, and we're full circle. Yeah, he is completely overshadowed, and and honestly, like it's unfair to him because, like, it is. It's yeah. like it, it, that's like the first time you pick up a video game controller and you get put on like hard, like hard mode, and you're trying to play against these people who have been doing this and have fine-tuned their approach for years oh. 
Yeah. And yeah, but, putting putting Michael O'Keefe in one of his or one of his first roles. Yeah. In the middle of that cast was just yeah, it was it was a it was very much unfair to him. Yeah, it's a it's a big disservice. And and you know, to Tom Hanks's credit, he could have very easily dominated that movie and overshadowed every everybody he had a scene with. Oh yeah. And he like it was very within his power to make that movie about him and and steal every scene and you know, he didn't. And he was a he was very much a supporting team player. So much credit to him for that. Yeah, when it comes to Tom Hanks and his acting and everything, he is, I don't know, it's just, uh, yeah, uh, there, there's, when it comes to his professionalism and everything, there is nothing bad. In fact, I don't think there's anything bad you can say about Tom Hanks at all. No. No. Um, although I will have to say, there was, I don't know if any of you had seen it, but there was that video that that's, uh, popped up on the net here in the last month or so. Yeah, where he was yelling at people. Of him, and his, huh, him and his wife? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this one? He, he, he dropped the F-bomb. They're coming out of the terminal. I'm sorry? He dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, well, yeah. They're headed with their entourage out to the cars, and of course they're being they're being followed by paparazzi and photographers and something like that. And apparently one of them, I guess, was focused on getting pictures of of Tom and they they bumped into and almost knocked his wife over and he fucking lost it. Good for him. Yeah, oh, yeah he went well, off. He stood up. He stopped. He turned. He's like, back the fuck off. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, nice guy Tom Hanks loses his cool and he's actually an asshole underneath. It's like, no, he just had enough of people and I got to I'm just, I side with him. People suck, and sometimes you just have enough. Yep. So, that's why I do horses. <laughs> she she does. She does do horses. That's, well, that's you know, that's why I work from home and don't don't deal okay. with people. She also does people too. So. Well, you know. Oh, uh, but uh, at some point in the future, we're going to have to clarify that. But not no, the- not today. Yeah, let him think. Yeah, not today. Um, but but yeah, to to quote the great. John C. McGinley is Dr. Cox. People are bastard-coated bastards wrapped in bastard fillers. Yeah. It's, that's 100% true. And um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, it is. You, you made, a, you made an interest, a, a good point about Tom, seeing Tom Hanks in a supporting role, which is usually mm-hmm. when there's a Tom Hanks movie, he is the star. And so that was fun. It was a fun change. Well, an, an, another good one to watch Tom Hanks in a supporting role is that thing you do. Yeah, oh, I love that. Also, also a movie where he had a uh, a, a romance subplot cut. Yes. As a side note, yeah. by the way. Yeah, but but that was like a, that was a passion project of his. Yeah. He wrote and directed. He wrote, directed, and produced that movie. And like like that's his baby all the way through, and he's the supporting. He's a supporting actor. If you've never seen the, uh, they did a, as is his son. Yes, they did a Blu-ray release, and they add all of they, they have like the, basically like the Tom Hanks cut where it's like the what he originally wanted with like deleted scenes put back in, and it makes it a little bit longer, but it's so good. See, I think I've got that. I think I've got that in my my cart saved for later. The Blu-ray. Ah, and yes. If, I didn't know. I didn't know it had an alternate cut. 
uh, on the Blu-ray? Yeah, yeah, it gives you the option because it has all these deleted scenes and stuff in it, and uh, so you can really get a sense of uh, what you know his his real vision was before they chopped it down a little bit. Oh, it does say director's cut on it. Yeah. Yeah, I I will have to. Okay, this has been added back into my cart. I will purchase <laughs> this. It's, you need to watch this. Save for later, my ass. Save for now. <laughs> uh, no, I love that movie, and uh, I, I I bought like the the soundtrack CD to that that movie because I loved it so much. No, it's but, a great movie. It but, really is. Um, so. But yeah, it, it it was it's an interesting A League of Their Own is an interesting early nineties time capsule of actors and actresses and what was going on in pop culture at the time to see who they cast. It was just interesting that was like, Oh yeah, I remember when they were really big. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was fun because it like the nineties, it, it hurts me because the nineties don't feel like they were that long ago. Yeah. And you pull that up and you see like who they've cast and everything. And you're like, man, times have changed. Well, also you've got, you've got sprinkled around this core cast, you know? So first of all, you've got Gina Davis and, and, uh, and Tom Hanks, which we've covered them. They're, they're both great actors. They do a great job. And Gina Davis was actually kind of brought in last minute to replace Deborah Winger because she was originally supposed to be Dottie. That's um, a good change. So she, yeah, it was a good change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you've got those, those, those two. So you've got Tom Hanks, you know, Gina Davis and, and Laurie Petty, uh, both kind of, kind of at the core of this, this whole story. And Laurie Petty at this time was, very much cast against type on this, even though she pursued the role. And I think she had to audition five times uh, to get the role, something like that. Um, but this was definitely not one of her normal roles uh, that, that she played. Um, but then sprinkled around this cast, and, and then somehow or another you've got Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell as a thing unto themselves. But then sprinkled around, you've got a lot of... They're the comic relief. They are. They, they have this comic relief thing. But then you've got a whole you know, a uh, slew of people that are basically the, what I call the, the Penny Marshall uh, friends group, because you've got uh, Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yes. The, uh, the radio announcer, you know, because she put him in all of her movies. Love Squiggy. Uh, why you didn't have, why you didn't have Lenny in this movie? I'm not sure. I guess I don't know if he was doing something else. Cause she he, likes to put both of them in. The, he knows why. um you know he's in there um uh carl reiner's wife and i can never remember her first name plays betty spaghetti yeah you know but but i i call it the 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 penny marshall uh ron howard tracy tracy yeah tracy reiner's in it of course tracy reiner also in uh in apollo 13 and stuff yeah you've got uh uh, uh, Cusack, uh, the 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 Anne. the, the Ann Cusack, the the younger sister of Joan and and John Cusack. This is her first movie, uh, you know, and stuff. And of course, Penny Marshall being you know uh, good friends with uh, uh, John and Joan uh, uh, and everything. Um, uh, and there was another one, and I forget who the other one was. But yeah, there's there's several actors around this that are all in that same kind of orbit of friends. Yeah. You know, that are kind of sprinkled in this movie. Does a really good job. Uh, my favorite 
trivia piece uh, about this of someone who was almost in the movie but not was uh, Marissa Tomei filmed an audition really? tape of her playing baseball being coached by Joe Pesci on the set of My Cousin Vinny. Uh, but according, according to Penny Marshall, she just wasn't a ball player. And I'm like, can we start a GoFundMe to get the money to find that audition tape? Because I would love to see Joe Pesci coaching baseball. She just wasn't a ball player when they were using strings and everything to make sure the pitches got to the plate and yeah. the balls left plate. According to Penny Marshall, every one of her actors had to at least understand the game. They had to know how to play. I can see that. Now, well, how do who doesn't know how to play baseball? I there are lots of people actually. Um, I cite um, uh, I cite uh, Brendan Fraser in uh, Blast from Their Past. You know when you know he came out of the shelter, he didn't know how baseball was played, even though his dad tried to explain it to him. He had to watch a game before he understood it. Oh my god! Wait, wait. wait. Is that not a good example? No, no. Fictional characters not understanding baseball is not the same as actors and actresses not understanding the concept of how to play baseball. Hit the ball, run that way, then you run that way, then you run that way, then you come back home. Then you That's how you score a point. Whoever has the most points wins. That's pretty much the game. That's at a very, yeah, very, very, very basic level, I know. But proving a point that hey, who doesn't understand baseball? Uh, now, now, I may not be a sports guy. You know, there's a lot of stuff in sports I don't get into and stuff, but I, I understand baseball. Um, you know, I know what a balk is. I, I know, I, I, I roughly know, I think, a little bit what the infield fly rule is. I, 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 it's been a while since I've looked at it. I understand that the most difficult play in baseball is the unassisted triple play. Yeah, that's you know? pretty hard one of the most difficult plays to get because basically the stars have to align for you to get an unassisted triple play. I think I just made a connection to Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, we covered it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> miracle 1, Miracle 2, Miracle 3. Miracle 1's fine. First out. But trying to get the other two outs on your own. Yeah. Miracle 1, Miracle 2. Anyway, keep going. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand baseball and stuff. Although it was really funny because once again, I'm I'm not a, a sports guy, uh, and and I made Nicole, you know, over here laugh once really hard at uh, a, a a local uh, the Lexington Legends, our local minor team. Oh yeah. When uh, I forget uh, the 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 opposing the, the the Legends were at bat, the opposing team, blah blah blah. blah. And uh, we were we were sitting there watching it, and the uh, the pitcher started his pitch, and then switched to he balked basically. Yep, yep he can't do that. Started a pitch toward home, and then and then shifted to first base to try and pick off the player. Nope, can't do that. You know, and 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 I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, shit, ref, come on! If I can see it, anybody can damn see it. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't even know the game, and I can see it. <laughs> it was funny. He works. That's ref. good. Yeah, you use the word ref. <laughs> Excuse me, referee. Oh, I did say ref, didn't I? Yes, you did. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I meant I meant coach guy with the whistle. Uh. Isn't that what he is? He's the coach guy with the whistle? All yes. Right. Guy gonna... with the whistle. Yeah, you dude with the whistle down there. All right, I'm trying to figure out how to mute one of you and not the other through this thing, and I don't <laughs> think it's working. I'm going to figure out how to mute, mute you and not her because that's just that. 
<laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, gosh. We're coming to you through the same mix. I know. Uh-huh. You screwed me up. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway. Sorry. Anyway, so... I digress. Very far. I just had lunch. I digest. Um. So... <laughs> With that, I don't really have much more beyond what we've talked about with a league of their own. Except for, I guess, my final question, unless anybody has anything else that we haven't talked about yet. No, I'm good. All right. So I, I will I will end it. We will go around and we will ask, what do you think the lasting legacy of a league of their own is now and will be in the future because it does tackle it's it's like there's a lot of baseball movies there's a lot of sports movies this is a very unique movie that tackles even if you even if you consider it not necessarily a baseball movie but the all women's league is a very unique setting for this story um so even amongst a crowded baseball sports arena it still stands out as unique on its own so you know, it, it, it does often get overshadowed by other baseball or sports movies or um, even if you don't want to think of it that way as a as a sports movie or a baseball movie, if you want to look at it as a, you know, women's empowerment movie or a, a just a women's movie, it it often gets overlooked among other movies in that genre. So. You know, but it does have it. It's in a weird spot in my mind. Like it's it's more well known than like a cult movie, but it's not like a. You always run into somebody that has it as their favorite, like listed as one of their favorite movies, kind of movie. You know, it's like in that range. Yeah. But I will also say at the same time, I don't know of anybody that when you say. When that move, when when it comes up in in conversation, I've never heard anybody be like, "Oh, that movie sucks." Like people seem to enjoy the movie, like the movie, speak highly of the movie. You you hear people quote it uh, with you know, "There's no crying in baseball," stuff like that. But for whatever reason, it's just it it, and maybe it's just the people I hang around with. There, there's probably somebody listening that's like me and all my friends love it and we always talk about it all the time how can you be so ignorant which if you've listened to the shows you know how i can be that ignorant um (laughs) it's not that big of a leap uh but it's it it is it's it's interesting that like i'll see it on on tv it gets played on tv a lot uh like it is one of those that like when i scroll through the channels i know you guys uh you don't have the cables so um, but you can you can take my word for it. I, I see it on TV fairly regularly. Uh, so I feel like it's one of these movies that, you know, in another 30 years, it's still going to be talked about and still going to be referenced. Definitely. I think so, too. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, as as far as its lasting legacy, <clears throat> I, I think the 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 real uh, uh, legacy and and stuff of of the movie is because of its popularity, because it is so good. And like you said, no one I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. They may not watch it all the time, but I've never heard anyone say I hate that movie. But because of that, it's 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 always going to be out there. It's always going to be popular. People are always going to know it, which means that people are always going to know about the All American Girls Professional Baseball League. Yep. Even though this movie does not, you know, give the best of uh, uh, historical, you know, accuracy, it, it takes liberties. It, it it you know dramatizes events, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um. But it will ensure that the uh, the All American Girls Professional Baseball League will always be somewhere in the public mind's eye. Like yes. it, it will be one of those things that will never be like completely forgotten to history. Yes. Um, you because you've still got uh, the the there is an All American Girls Professional Baseball League still out there. They still do games. They have teams where they they still play in the period uniforms. Uh, and such. And in fact, I believe Gina Davis and Tom Hanks still come back for an annual game, like a, a charity fundraising because of the movie uh, and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and and honestly, I think at its core, that is the, you know, enduring legacy of this movie. Completely. I think what the movie brought about back in the 90s, because we're what, the league was formed in 43, 45? 43. So that's a good 50 years after when the movie came out. It brought back awareness to what was mm -hmm. in a time and age where we didn't have social media. Yeah. Whereas when you look it up nowadays, they've got a players association. They've got a, they've got all these different organizations in place to keep the memory alive. To keep the importance alive of mm -hmm. what it was. Um, and shameless plug about the actual All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. My grandmother was recruited. Yeah. What? Nice. My grandmother was recruited. That's awesome. Which one? Kuzmitz. Mom's mom. Bubba. Okay. Bubba. Yeah. Um, and knowing that in my adulthood makes complete sense because she was always the first one to be at a game, one of my softball games. She was also always the first one in the summer, like, hey, let's go outside and play catch. And she was good. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she tired me out. <laughs> nice. Um, so just to think back about so what could have been. So, I mean, did she play? Who did she play for? She did not play. She did not play. She okay. chose not to play. She kind of took the dad, the dotty route. Okay. And didn't play. Ah. Yeah. I need to connect back to her and talk to family members about it. But yeah, she was recruited to play or to at least try out. Try out, but she chose not to. She chose not to. Huh. Yeah. That's so, awesome. The movie itself. I mean, I was I played softball for years and years. I sent the picture to you too. Of me playing softball. Yeah. I, I was dotty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was always the tomboy playing the games, playing the softball and stuff. But to hear that she was recruited to be a part of something that is so big in history, it just makes me so damn proud. Yep. 
so damn proud. And for her, I want to keep that memory alive. Yeah. The importance of what this leave was. For sure. That's... Part of the reason I got my uniform. Yep. That I quote unquote cosplay in. Yeah, I didn't want to use that <laughs> word. It felt like a derogatory word for it, so it it kind of is. I didn't um, want. I didn't want to. The company uh, made it is actually the licensed. Uh-huh. Um, what do you want to call it? Supplier. Licensed supplier of the current day and former day All American Girls Baseball League. That's yeah, cause, awesome. Because one, this is the one that you got. Uh, is uh, it it. it it's it meets this the same pattern and all the requirements for the original uniform. Same not, pattern, yeah. same material, same logos, same patches, same everything. Yeah, and they are they have been tagged in history to be like you are going to be the provider. Yeah, for anything of this movie, not this little like spirit Halloween. Hey, here's the rock for peaches. Mm. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this right. This is going to be a heavy duty thing. And you can actually pick which team you want to you want a uniform of. Yeah. I personally picked the South Bend Blue Sox because I am from South Bend. That is where my grandmother lives currently. So South Bend has a lot of deep rooted memories for me. The South Bend Blue Sox were also one of only two teams that lasted the entire eleven season time of the league them and the Rockford Peaches I believe was the other one yeah because there were teams that came in and out there's what four teams the first season then they kind of grew they grew they grew and then they started going down yeah I think think at the at its height it grew to like an 18 team two they had two they They had had two leagues they had two leagues yeah Yeah. it was like total of 18 teams or something like that quite a few yeah yeah my grandmother was recruited i've seen an actual south and blue Sox um uniform from back in the day and the biggest collection of memorabilia from the league is actually in south and indiana at the history museum which i fully intend to scour next time i go visit family <laughs> so yeah th- this movie is a lot of different depth meanings for me not just like oh that's a cool movie blah 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 and, oh it's females blah, blah blah like no there's a lot of different meanings yeah for me personally yep i agree yeah that's awesome well i'm glad that we all got to get together and and talk about it and and recognize it for how special it is and and how important it is and to have that story in that backdrop so uh, thank you both. Thank you, uh, Commander Scott, the real Commander Cox, for being here and uh, chatting. I don't. Anytime. Let's see. What's the next movie on our our list? Do we want to spoil the next movie, or do we want to just keep it a secret? Free Willy. Oh wait, sorry. That's the name <laughs> of my porno that I'm shooting right now. Um, but that's later when I go to get a shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take the undies off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha! All right, we'll keep it. We'll we'll keep it under wraps for now. So uh, <laughs> until we get until we get the next, we'll be back for another installment in the big movie series celebrating 
uh, iconic and and special movies to us that are celebrating um, something something. There was a word that I can't remember. Um, anniversaries. It's like special milestone anniversaries. Milestone. That's yeah, the word yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. That's celebrating. I was going so good until I hit milestone. Uh, spotlighting and featuring movies that are special to us and are hitting milestone anniversaries this year, 2022. So until next time, commander Scott, thank you. Thank you. Real commander Cox. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, on behalf of everybody else, which is just me. Thank you for listening. The time has come for one and all to play ball. We're the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. We've got Educate.